0: So today is the 31st of July 2022. In this year, from the 30th of July to the 7th of August, there's a group of faithful Dhamma practitioners from Singapore, Malaysia, and Thailand who have come in person and online. There's a group of Sangha from India, monks and novices, male and female lay practitioners, and various people from all over the world, over 500 people who have come to gather for this retreat, to gather together and practice the Dhamma. And so these are individuals who have faith in the Buddha Sasana, the Buddha's dispensation of this firm intent to practice, to train their minds. Even if one cannot recall where one was born in the time of the Buddha, and one can't remember if one met with noble Sangha that time, we know that we have faith every day in the present. And having this faith means that we're close to the Dhamma. So the Buddha taught that one who sees the Dhamma sees the Buddha. So even if we may not be physically close to the Buddha, but we see the Dhamma, this is seeing the true Buddha. So we have faith in the teachings of the Buddha, have faith in the Dhamma, and these are teachings that have been carried down from the time of the Buddha until the present day by members of the noble Sangha. So we have this firm intent to practice and train our minds to train our minds in samadhi and meditation, this quality of firm collectedness. And so we do various types of merit, like generosity and virtue, until they're full in our hearts. And these are qualities of a stream, enter sotapanna. From the Buddhist time until now, it's the same in this way. So we look at The examples, the stories of Anattapindaka and Lady Visakha from the time of the Buddha, they had this quality of giving all the time. And all the various lay disciples of the Buddha from the Buddha's time until now, a great number who had faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the teachings, and the Sangha all the way till the present day. And in the present day we can see that there are those who help the buddha sasana who offer the four requisites who help to purchase the land and build the various buildings and meditation halls and shrines and places to rest and offering food all the four requisites of food shelter clothing and medicine caring for sangha members that are sick helping build uh, kutis and huts and shelters. So this is really worthy of rejoicing in, worthy of anamodana, Because this has happened from the Buddha's time all the way up until the present day to ourselves. And for ourselves, it may be every single lifetime that we behave like this, have generosity like this, whether in Thailand or in other countries. People have the faith to support the Buddha Sasana all the time and to not miss out on it. So, one who has faith like this, we see that they're someone who's ready. They have giving to the poor as well, to those that lack the four requisites. So, this is something important that we have this quality of giving. And once we have giving well established in the heart, then we are. We bring our minds to the precepts, to the five precepts. We make our mind firm in this quality of non-harming, not to harm ourselves or others through actions of body, speech or mind. So this is the behavior of someone who has right view, to practice following the Buddha's teachings. So we see that in the present, if we're close to the Buddha, we are close to the Buddha by being close to the Dhamma. And the Buddha taught that we practice like this and we cultivate merit, abandon that which is demeritorious, and make the mind pure. And so we practice following this teaching of the Buddha. Whatever the Buddha teaches, we follow practicing in that way. So we practice generosity, which is an important practice, this quality of giving. In the beginning, for instance, we have Wealth. We have some kind of uh, gain, and it's very difficult to gain that wealth. It requires effort, and it's something that's not easy. And then we practice giving that away, helping the poor, and so on. And we do this, and then we practice virtue, which is something even more difficult. one who sees the benefit in virtue sees how chaotic it is when the mind lacks virtue. The mind that wants to speak harshly, speak critically, speak falsely, speak deceptively, or various types of harm through behavior of body and speech, they all give rise to agitation and chaos. And we can see in the world that when there's no virtue, it's very difficult for us to live in the world, or we can't live in the world. So we've likely studied about this, or seen this. We see it a lot in the news every day, that all these uh, unwholesome actions or bad actions are happening, even to the point of people killing other people. This happens a lot. And so we have to have patient endurance. We have to patiently endure and the quality, these behaviors of harming others, it's coming from a lack of patient endurance. So we have to have virtue. And to have virtue, we need patient endurance to patiently endure with all the moods and sense impressions that arise. And this gives more strength and energy to our virtue until the point where our virtue is firmly established and becomes normal in our mind, and our minds feel at ease. For instance, if someone comes along and criticizes us, we have to patiently endure with that. Patiently endure even more than the mood that arises. And we can see that the mind that lacks virtue is like a mind that's sick. And the mind that's firm in sila is a mind that's stable and well-established. We can look at the past life of the Buddha, when he was born as a Naga prince. And he had incredibly high patient endurance, patient endurance so high that no one could compare with it. And in that lifetime, he perfected his parami of virtue, the sila parami. he patiently endured to the point where he was willing to give his life for the sake of that practice. Because there is a Brahmin who captured him, and tortured him and put him through great difficulty and pain up until the ed- very edge of his life, to the point of death. But even then, the, the Buddha, as a Bodhisattva, he was able to forgive that Brahman, that Brahman who was Devadatta in a past life. And there is another past life where the Bodhisattva was born as an elephant and Devadatta was born as a hunter. And that hunter put on a monk's robe and shot arrows at the elephant, who was the Buddha. And the elephant was able to grab that hunter, but seeing the monk's robe on his body, he had so much respect for the monk's robe that he couldn't hurt Devadatta. He just had love and kindness out of respect for the monk's robe. So we see that the Buddha, as a Bodhisattva, cultivated patient endurance a lot and cultivated his, pardon me, of virtue as well. So we see that when we have generosity and we have virtue, the benefit of that is happiness, happiness of heart, feeling of fullness of heart, and a feeling of enoughness arises in our hearts. And this quality of enoughness, this feeling of enoughness, is something that's hard to find. But when we have virtue, we feel like we have enough. We feel like our wealth is enough, whether it's a lot or a little, we feel like it's enough. We don't want to hurt others. We have inner happiness. I mean, if we don't practice like this, no matter how much wealth we have, we may feel like it's not enough. The mind just wants more and more. This makes the mind hotter and hotter and the wanting in the mind just becomes more and more. But when we feel like we have enough, then we don't want to hurt anybody. Because we have this inner happiness, the mind is collected. We don't want to hurt others. The Buddha taught to be diligent in the seeking out of wealth, and the doing one's livelihood to gain material wealth. But then, having gained that material wealth, we use that wealth and put it to good use. We use it for something valuable. Because we see that the benefit of generosity and virtue is happiness. This is something important in our practice of meditation. And then, this brings us to the practice of samadhi, making the mind peaceful and collected. We use a kamatana, a meditation object, to train our minds. This is a merit. This is truly a great merit. So the Buddha taught ways to bring the mind to peace, to samadhi. And even if this is only temporarily, we have rapture, fullness and happiness of heart arise. And in that way, we see the benefit of meditation, of samadhi see that this quality of samadhi has great value. Because if we lack samadhi, then the mind just proliferates all the time. is just filled with agitation and doubts and chaos. And so if we lack samadhi, then we have to train in samadhi. And even if samadhi just arises to some degree, we feel this fullness, happiness, and rapture in the heart. And so, this is arising by virtue of mindfulness and wisdom. And so we have faith, we give generosity with respect, we give with the quality of respect. And when we have these qualities of generosity and virtue along with respect, this is of great benefit. This is one who has right view. In the Buddha's time, there's a story of a king who lacked respect, had a wrong view. He didn't believe in good action and bad action, merit and demerit. Then Kumara Kasapa, great disciple of the Buddha, he went to that city where that king was living, King Bayasi. And he went to go teach that king. And that King Bayasi had faith in the Buddha's dispensation arise in his heart. He went from one who had no faith to one with faith in the Buddha. Then he became very diligent in his practice of generosity, and he offered things of high quality, and he offered them nicely and with respect. Upon death, that king went to heaven along with his retinue as well. And after the king died, the Arahant Kawampati, who was a beloved friend of Venerable Yasa, he went and took a rest high up in a mansion. Then he sent his mind to heaven, where he met King Bayasi, who was reborn as a deva. And as the deva, King Bayasi and Venerable Kohampati discussed about this. And the king explained that he had previously given without respect and given not nice things. And they changed his ways to giving with respect, and giving uh, nice or high-quality offerings. And he asked Venerable Koampati to please go teach the humans about this, so that humanity may learn from King Bayasi's story, and they may also give things with respect. Because we see that this is a merit to give things with respect, and the king received the benefits of that previously given old rice and bad food and rotten things. And so he gave, but he didn't receive the full benefit of this giving. But then later when he gave with respect and he gave high quality things, then he received more merit. So for Dhamma practitioners, we practice generosity and we do it with respect, with respect for the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha, respect for merit, respect for the things that we're offering. So we train in meditation, and we have deep respect in the Buddha and his teachings. We bring our minds to samadhi, to collectedness. And when we do this, then the mind can separate out from the chaos and agitation in the mind. The mind has this inner peace. And this inner peace of the mind is like having a house having a resting place for the mind, a house inside our hearts. These outer houses, we use them when it rains or when it's hot, and it protects us from the weather, from the elements. And if we don't have a house, if we don't have a shelter, then it's troublesome for us. And so we see that even if we come to the monastery, which is a peaceful and quiet place, If our mind is agitated, then we still don't feel peaceful. We still feel chaotic and agitated, the same as before. So therefore we have to train and practice. We have our outer monastery, so we have to build the inner monastery, the inner shelter. And then when we do that, even if we're outside the monastery, even if we're at work, our mind can be still. We have a home for the heart a resting place for the heart. This is something that's difficult to do, but it's not beyond our ability if we really set our hearts on it. For instance, in the Buddha's time, there were those who had a great many duties, who had a lot of work, like Anattapindaka and his retinue, and Lady Visaka and her retinue, and King Bimbisara and his retinue. But that those individuals and their retinues, a great many of them all saw the Dhamma even though they had many duties and were very busy. This is because they trained in generosity, virtue and meditation already. And their spiritual virtues, their parami was full to the point of seeing the Dhamma. So all of you have made spiritual virtues already. You have done practice from the past until the present. And when your parami is ready, you're able to see the Dhamma to see the nature of reality, to see that all phenomena are impermanent, suffering and not self, to see that physical form, these bodies, now we've been understanding them incorrectly as self, as me and mine. But when we have samadhi, we can separate out the mind from these four elements of earth, air, fire and water. We separate it out bit by bit. We see that it's empty. We see that form is emptiness, and emptiness is in form. That form and truth is emptiness. That which we see as self and take to be me and mind is in actuality empty. Form is emptiness, and emptiness is form. That everything is empty, and emptiness is Buddha. So when we see Buddha, we see emptiness. So may you set your hearts on this practice. Today is the second day. Last night, the retreatants arrived at Wat Mabchen. So may you cultivate and train your minds, all of you, the Sangha, the novices, the laity, may you all succeed in your Dhamma practice. So just to briefly announce in English and Thai. So for those joining the retreat online, After the English translation, there's a one-hour meditation sit from 9 to 10 a.m. Thai time and then 10 to 11 is a one-hour walking meditation and then for those that are joining the retreat in person here in Thailand, you can go get your food at 9 a.m. and when you get your food there are two sitting areas so the area closer to the eating hall here is for the men to sit in and then the second area further away is for the women to sit in and then there's food already on the tables there but there's some noodle soup in a pot over in the uh, next to the sink area so if you want a uh, noodle soup then you can get it from that location and then for those again that are joining in person at 10 a.m there'll be walking meditation and then at and you already have been told where to do walking meditation and then at 11 a.m you can all come together in the eating hall here and bow to the shrine together at 11 a.m uh, hmm. Here I เชิญ